Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, and you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going. <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. It's like like Mex- Mexican America. food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. I'm Jerry Mee, and with me is my fearless co-host, Adrian. What's happening? Pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm alright. Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, nice. Sounds good. Bit of a slow week, pre-release weekend, all the legacy events were cancelled, no Star City games, no that's E. But we got plenty of other stuff to talk about. I think, uh, I, I sometimes like these weeks because we get to take a step back. <laughs> Gives me a chance to actually start building more decks and shit. Yeah, exactly. I, actually, I, I did go do some card shopping. Oh, you did? Yeah, I went. Um, actually, I hit up. Oh my god, dude! I hit up a lot of fucking stores. I went to, I went to Wonderland Comics in Putnam. I saw Jake down there. I had made him a Grizzle Brand, and uh, I went down there Friday. His wife was there. He was going to be down there Sunday, so I wanted to make sure I went down there Sunday to bring him the Grizzle Brand that I made. I ended up, you know what, there was another little fucking place too, dude. I went all over the place. What mm-hmm. the fuck are you doing? Well, you were talking about all these stores you went to and, uh, you know, getting all these cards, and I just really wanted to open this letter I received in the mail today from Channel Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Slow week for magic, though. Slow week for magic is so, terrible on Adrian you, and Jerry's wallets. <laughs> what, what, what did you do? Get another fucking Italian chains? No, no. Uh, finishing out pimping the modern deck, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. Hey, did you, did you give anything to your father to take your mother out to dinner. No, no. Oh, okay. They, they went right. out to dinner the other night, though, so it was great. You know, but they not have on a, Jerry's tab? Not on Jerry's tab. They have a lovely relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks to Jerry. <laughs> uh, this was bought on credit. <laughs> this was bought on credit. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's cool. that goes good with your yeah. student loans that weigh you down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I sent in a bunch of uh, bunch of old cards, traded in some you know modern stuff that I'm never going to use and a bunch of standard stuff. Meanwhile, your dad could feed your mom an Italian chains. (laughs) My parents are not. My parents are quite well off. They are quite happy. Adrian, (laughs) gonna make the readers think that that, or the listeners think that uh, they're in the poorhouse while I'm stacking up. up, Stop it, please. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. Anyway. Um. No, I got. Uh. Kind of did a little bit of investing. I got a foil fetch lands. From cons, yeah, from cons. Got two polluted deltas and two bloodstained mires. All right, cool. So you, yeah, that'll get your uh, your parents will be able to retire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I want to set it aside for them, you know, <laughs> for, their old, <laughs> for their old age. <laughs> when they're in the nursing home, they can play Who magic. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> okay. Oh shit. Uh, and I got I got some foil defense grids too. Okay. So. Oh, what's that? Uh, it's actually a pretty good legacy card, too. It's two colorless for an artifact. Yeah, no, no, what, uh, set, what set is it in? Oh, it's in 8th edition. Okay, uh, but the, originals, those, the originals in Stronghold weren't foiled. Right? Yeah, Stronghold, or no, it's, um, Urza's Prophecy is the original one. Oh, okay. And then it was in 8th and ninth edition, but yeah, for those who don't know, it's no. during each player's turn, each other player, uh, player spells cost three more to play, so it pretty much mana leaks any counter magic your opponent may have. 
Uh, Sneak and Show runs it sometimes. Yep, Omni Show. Yep. My experience with uh, Defense Grid, though, is sometimes it's annoying in the Sneak and Show builds because you'll have it out, and then you'll be playing uh, against another deck, and you want to counter a threat that they're playing or a hate piece, and you can't because you have your own Defense Grid out. They've had it bite me in the fucking ass a couple times. Yeah, like, I'm playing against my opponent, and they play Ensnaring Bridge. And I have Force of Will in hand to take out that Ensnaring Bridge, but I have Defense Grid out, so I can't Force of Will it, and that Ensnaring Bridge shuts me out of the game. Sure. But it's still an all-around pretty good card, and it's even better in Modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, I rudely interrupted you. Uh, what what did you get at uh, the brick-and-mortar stores? Oh, that's right. I went to brick-and-mortar stores. Look at that. Yeah, you, you supported local businesses. Good for you. Fucking good for you. <laughs> made me no, I went to... Um, so, they were doing pre-release down at Wonderland, and I went down there. I went down there Friday. Um, me and Brendan took a ride, and... Uh, they were, you know, do you guys want to do pre-release? And no, but they needed some people to do pre-release, and I still wasn't interested. But um, but I get to see uh, Jake's wife, and then uh, she told me Jake would be there Sunday, so I made him a grizzle brand. I wanted to bring it down to him. Um, and Sunday, I ended up going to every fucking place. Like I went, I went back to Wonderland. I brought Jake the fucking the 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 proxy that I made and then mm-hmm. uh you know they wanted me to do a pre-release and no uh, but I ended up going further down I went to I went all the way down to Ice Imports in Waterford Connecticut and that's like an hour plus away and I was just going down there I was trying to see because I went to TE and I went to um I didn't actually call Spencer but I went to like all the stores in the area looking for Mist Hollow Griffins and oh yeah they're pretty hard to find I don't know why, you know, and I, I probably could have just called Flip, but I, f- I figured, you know, Flip's probably, uh, so there's, there's one of my buddies locally, um, he does a lot of events with TJ, with TJ's collectibles, and, um, you know, a lot of times, I have actually haven't seen him in a while, which is too bad, because, uh, you know, I like to get together and play and shit, he's a cool guy to play with, and I'm sure he would have had, like, fucking, he would have had him anyway at his, at, in his collection, but, uh, yeah pre-release weekend can't find him so I'm, I figure I'll just fucking take a ride to all the stores and I went to so I, I, I'd already been to TE I went to Southbridge and so I ended up going down to Putnam they didn't have any I drove all the way down to Ice Imports in Waterford, Connecticut and it was, it's funny that, <clears throat> that <clears throat> I gotta stay, no, that's right I got my other headset tonight um, it's funny because when I went down there there's a kid there that was working that I recognize and I recognize him from playing Legacy with him and stuff and uh, I'm like do you guys have any missed Hollow Griffins? And he looks, he looks in the box, he's like, yeah, I got one. I said, okay, I'll take it. He's like, alright, well what else do you need for food chain? <laughs> Cause you know, like, this is the same yep, kid. It's the only thing it goes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the same kid that like, when I looked in the case, you know, last time I was down there, I looked in the case and I'm like, oh shit, there's a foiled children of Corliss. <laughs> and like, the guy next to me is like, yeah, so what? And this kid behind the counter is like, no, he plays Tenfins. And he's like, do you want me to pull it out for you? I'm like, no. Uh, that sounds like a very knowledgeable store employee. Uh, well, Ice Imports is actually a really cool fucking place. Like, yeah, I've never been there. I want to check them out. Uh, stay here some night. We'll go down there and play. Like, yeah, it's, definitely. It's fucking cool. Um, but um. I went all the way down there. They had one on my way back up, and I had already gone to the Toy Vault, which is so in this mall in in Waterford, Connecticut. There's two shops that sell magic cards in the same mall. 
Really? Yeah. And like, okay. so one of them's ice imports, which is, it's hard to explain, dude. Ice imports, if you've never been to one, um, it's, 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 it's it's funny because I go in there and like they sell magic cards in the back, but like the front of the store is all incense and shit. And then when you start walking through the store, half the stuff there I can't bring home because it's illegal in the state. <laughs> so like, like as soon as you get past the incense, there's double sided knives and brass knuckles and shit. Ah, gotcha. And then once you get past those, now you're into the magic cards. It's this really strange store. <laughs> the really dangerous stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, but it, yeah, right, right. Yeah, um, and in the back is where we keep the cardboard crack. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but it's a really cool place, and uh, but then down at the at like towards the end of the mall, there's another store called uh, the Toy Vault that's got like now that's almost more like that's entertainment. There's like games and DVDs and some comic books and toys and magic cards. Uh, they didn't have like a, ter- a huge selection of magic cards, um, and they didn't have Miss Tolo Griffin. And and they didn't have I actually didn't need another Genesis Hydra, but what I did pick up that uh you might be scared to know is a Ren's Run Packmaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh PTSD. So so I had to grab a Ren's Run Packmaster. Um and then on my way back up I think I went to Coliseum Games and then I got oh I and I, I got three uh three more Mist Hollow Griffins and and I also got a Shell Dock Isle. Um, oh, you're putting that plan into the deck too. Well, I've got the shell dock aisle, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a couple of different things with it. I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna I do. Mean, that opens you up to play Doomsday if you want to spend the next month learning how to play a deck. <laughs> well, I'm not actually I'm not I'm not terribly afraid, buddy. You know, it's like it's it's uh, the fun it's... the the fun thing. Like here's. Here's what I acknowledge about that Sneak and Show deck I played, what, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, whatever the hell it was. That deck has absolutely, absolutely no answer to a Containment Priest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, well, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was um, Kristen Cotter uh, on Star City Games, the legacy writer for them. Yeah. He said he thinks Doomsday is the best legacy deck. It's just so difficult to pilot that no one actually does it. But if someone actually can master the deck, they can pretty much take down any tournament. Um, sure. But the thing is, is like, Doomsday is just a card. It's the permutations that you can build out of it. Exactly. That's why it's so dangerous, is you can literally kill with Doomsday in so many different ways, in such an efficient way, that your opponents don't know what to prepare for, if they've even ever seen Doomsday before. Like, even someone who has played against Doomsday before and knows about the deck will still have trouble sideboarding against it, because they could literally die six different ways, depending on whatever the Doomsday player has chosen. (laughs) Right. And then put that in, that's probably only a small percent. I would say only like 10% of the average Legacy crowd has played against the Doomsday deck. I mean, Most, I, can, I can, I can, like, currently I can already change Tin Fins to Doomsday. Right, exactly, and that's just a huge advantage because it's a card people very rarely see. It's only a lot of the legacy old-timers who have seen it, or European players. It's popular right. in Europe, but it just doesn't see play in the U.S., and you'll just win a lot of games because your opponent doesn't know <clears throat> what you're doing. Yep. I remember the first time I played against Doomsday, I died, and I didn't figure out how I died until about 20 minutes after the match was over. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm just like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, there's a few different things that, that 
I can actually do with it. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I just happened to pick up a few cards that were cheap because I was going to all these different stores anyway, trying to find another LED. And uh, but so yeah, I ended I'm, up. I'm, so su- I, I'm surprised you didn't go to our uh, alma mater. Uh, that's entertainment. They don't have one. I did go to TE. Oh, you did go to TE. Oh, I went to TE. I went to dude. I've been to like fucking every store in the area. Well, I, I didn't hear you, I didn't hear you mention it, so I was surprised that that wasn't your first stop. Nate, no, that was my first stop. Nate keeps that place stocked. Yeah, they, well, they're out of Badlands. They're out of Lion's Eye Diamonds. They're out <laughs> yeah. of uh, what the hell else was I looking for? Nate was bemoaning that a couple weeks ago. He's like, "How am I out of Badlands? Yeah. <laughs> Why will no one sell me their Badlands? <laughs> 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 Who is using all these Badlands?" <laughs> yep, but no, there's a. Uh, you know, I, I, of course, I'm always a T playing. I'm fucking check their case first. Um, but so I've been to like uh, all the stores in the area, and I know a couple of people that are looking to trade them. So I might probably just pick one up anyway. But uh, so I made this loop to like every fucking store down to the ocean at the bottom of fucking Connecticut, and then back up. Oh wow! <laughs> well, yeah, that's where Waterford, Connecticut is. It's by the water. <laughs> so, it all makes sense now. Well, that's and that's where the kid uh, Jake Mandela was telling you about. That's where he, I think he ended up taking first at DC. Yep. Um, and that's where he plays because when you're that far, you're actually not that far away from DC. <laughs> uh, nice. But um, and then I stopped at Foxwoods on the way back. Because uh, you got to win back all that money. <laughs> yeah, the four dollars that I spent on these cards, you know. Miss Hall Griffin's four dollars again? No, but I bought four of them. No, I know. I'm just I'm surprised. They're a buck. Yeah, I remember a little while ago when Food Chain was more popular, they were like five, six bucks each. Oh, really? Yeah. No, they're cheap. <laughs> yep. Well, I guess the deck is falling off. <laughs> Actually, Food was... Chain prices are hilarious to look at because it's just a roller coaster ride if you look at a graph of their prices. How's, how's the funny thing, Jerry? Uh, the most expensive card I purchased was the Ren's Run Backmaster. <laughs> ah. How much do I owe you when I tear it up when I see you? <laughs> <laughs> a Badlands. A Badlands. It was that expensive? In Italian chains. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse to believe. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so anyway, so I picked up a few cards. I did a bunch of shit and then fucking came home, fucked around with uh, some intro shit, some logo shit, and had a little bit of fun. Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah, I saw... New image on last week's cast and the new intro. Very good job, Adrian. Yeah, just try fucking around with some shit. I got some free time. Yeah, and Kanye's number, so you just gave him a call. Kanye? Yeah, Kanye. He did the intro. Probably wasn't supposed to tell the listeners that, but the secret's out now. Who the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, Kanye, what are you kids talking about these days? (laughs) Kanye was not in Mob Deep. Oh, man. Do you even remember Mob Deep? No. Uh, oh, my no. God. How old are you? <laughs> I am 26. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm guessing Mob Deep, uh, you know, was popular about three years before I was born. What year were you born? 1989. No. six. You were six years old. Okay. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So... Uh, uh, that's, oh god, I'll have to get into that later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm the old guy at the party. Oh yeah. Alright. Anyways, if you know a little sunshine in your day, did you see a certain Channel Fireball writer wrote about your favorite subject in the world, Adrian? I saw Thomas Le Guin shared up a fucking, a secondary link that I still am yet to, I think I actually took a look at it, but it didn't, uh, 
it didn't resonate yet. I saw some of the differences, and it's, it still looked awkward to me. <laughs> nah, I really like it. So what we're referring to, of course, is Caleb Gerwald, uh, the Channel Fireball legacy in-house legacy writer, uh, wrote a primer on his update of Tin Fins. Yeah, that look, and this looks like a fucking Jerry deck. Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, so, and what I mean by that is that he's playing Dark Con- two, co- two, bleh, fuck. It, what I mean by that is that he's playing two copies of Dark Confidant with Emrakul. <laughs> the Dark Confidant's in the board, in the board. It's for when you side out Emrakul for Tendrils of Agony, which that I don't agree with. I think Tendrils would be main. Yeah, because you want to top deck Grizzlebrand off a of Dark Confidant anyway. Yeah, gotta live dangerously, man. Gotta live dangerously. No. <laughs> Anyways, what the real update to it is that he <laughs> so this now okay, Jerry, what the this I think this is that deck list called Suicide Black. <laughs> it is, it is. The real <laughs> update that makes this deck special and spicy compared to the first version of Tin Fins is he's playing three Liliana of the Veil, Garbage. which. I love in the deck. Why? It's terrible. Did you read his, did you read his points about it? No, so I haven't had the chance. First, first, yeah, read his points and then come back to me at it. So, first of all, a turn one Liliana in the Veil will almost always win you the game against 90% of the fields. Uh, mo- decks can't keep up with that. The ability to make them discard, uh, on your first turn and then be able to get it out of bolt range and have it as a sack outlet for the first couple creatures. They just can't catch up to you, which is a good uh, thing against decks that want to run a turn one Deathrite Shaman out against you. If you respond with the turn one Liliana, you just cleared the way for you to do your combo. Fuck that. Second of all, in the long run, like you mentioned, sometimes with this deck, you just draw the wrong half of your deck. And you know you... why? You know why? Why? Because nowhere in his list is Limdul's Vault. You don't need... Limdul's Vault was only ever a one-of, and it was no, only it, half as good as you ever wanted it to be. It was a two-of because it's a vampiric tutor. It's, nah, it's not, though. It's not a vampiric tutor. No, it's a legal vampiric tutor. Uh, <laughs> it, vampiric tutor it's a vampiric tutor that costs two, and that extra blue mana is huge. If it was a vampiric tutor, you're right. That would be an awesome card, but it's not. It also has a blue staple on, which really prevents you from going off as early as you'd like, which is the difference between winning and losing with this deck. No, because you open with an underground sea or a fetch land to an underground sea and a lotus petal. You're yeah, still paying two, though. You're paying two with a land open to set up the top five cards of your deck for your second turn. Vampiric Tutor, I, Limdul's Vault is better than Liliana. That's no, the, I, my, I don't agree. It deals your problems with the deck. It 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 pitches it sits underneath a chrome mox to add blue or black. It's 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 too fucking good. It's too. Nah. Good. Anyway, I'm still a fan of Liliana because you can also pitch the uh, Grizzlebrand because there's been times when I've had Grizzlebrand stuck in my hands and I have the reanimation piece and I just can't ditch Grizzlebrand for the life of me. Yeah, and you want to get to the point to pay three mana to do it? You're running fast mana. What mana are you running that's fast? You're running Dark Ritual, you're running Lotus Petals, and you're running Mox Diamonds. Which is what the other versions do too. Yeah, so getting that early Liliana out to clear... Like, what does Limdul's Vault do against Deathrite Shaman? I would rather cast Smallpox. Then you're limiting... You're taking resources out of your own hand. You want to get a critical mass of cards in your hand to go off. You're talking about intentionally discarding Grizzlebrand. You're trying to get resources out of your own hand. Uh, I don't... Liliana's way better than a Smallpox. Yeah, she's just more expensive. Oh, one more expensive. 
one more expensive is the difference between reanimating and not. Yeah, so why are you arguing that Lindell's vault then is a vampiric tutor? Because it is. It instantly sets up the <laughs> So top it's of okay your when it's Lindell's vault, but it's not okay when it's Liliana. It's not okay when it's Liliana or smallpox. <laughs> I'd rather play Lindell's vault over either one of them. What I I'm saying is if you want to discard, there's other ways to do it that don't cost three mana. I, I think it's a very good upgrade. It definitely prepares the deck for its biggest enemy, which is Bug, uh, Bug Delver. Can you, would you agree that Bug Delver is probably Tinfin's worst matchup? I can agree with that. Yeah. Liliana is a great resource in that matchup. I can disagree with that. <sighs> Alright, we're, we're gonna agree to disagree then. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. I yep. mean, like, yeah, you dark ritualed into a Liliana, there's the first force of will. Yeah, clear the way. Yeah, but now you don't have a dark ritual anymore. Well, but what were you going to do? That, use that dark ritual for in the first place? You weren't going to cast a Limdol's Vault off of it. No, because Liliana was in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would rather play a Lotus Petal and Limdol's Vault, and watch them debate whether they want to let me vampiric tutor or not, than cast a Liliana out of my hand and watch it get countered. Well, they'll probably let you do it because uh, they don't know Limdol's Vault does in the first place. <laughs> because they were, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Limdul, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I do think, though, he should have the Tendrils of Agony main. I just like being able to have that access to that alternate win condition, where you can combo... Because I also like not showing them both win conditions right away, because if you're against someone who's never played against Tinfins, they will uh, board inappropriately. So if you Tendrils of Agony them first game... They'll prepare for the storm matchup, and then you can kill them with the Emrakul Grizzlebrand, or vice versa. You know, if you kill them with Emrakul Grizzlebrand game one, they try they board in, you know, in snaring bridges, and then those are useless against Tendrils of Agony, and they now they've now drawn dead sideboard guards. You know what they won't die to? What? <laughs> They're never gonna die to Liliana. <laughs> yeah, but she's gonna <laughs> ultimate and divide their permanents in two, and you're gonna kill that in snaring bridge. No, that's just the one they'll keep. <laughs> and then they'll bolt her. <laughs> okay, all right, that's uh, enough. Uh, yeah, so so at first glance, looking at this list, no, I'm not a fan of Liliana, and that's probably all that uh, our buddy Steve Doubtright wants to hear about Tinfins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, so anyway, I'm going to have to check that out. And uh, thanks, Thomas. I do want to fucking, I am going to take a look at that with an open mind. I just haven't had that opportunity yet. <laughs> Read Caleb's comments. He makes some very valid arguments. I'll check out his arguments. Um, but it, it, really, if Tendrils is in the sideboard, play Burning Wish main deck. That's my, that's my first thought. That Burning Reanimator deck was a little fucking good for that. But, man, it's not a creature deck. I don't see Dark Confident at all. The card advantage, sure... That's really got to be fucking it's, enough with Tinfins. It's because don't treat Dark Confidant as a creature. No, treat him as a Howling Mine. I guess. Yeah, exactly, because they board out all their removal. Yeah. Game, game one, you kill them with Tendrils of Agony or Emrakul, they're going to board out their Swords to Plowshares and Lightning Bolts. You board in your Dark Confidant, and you board out the Emrakul, replacing Emrakul with Tendrils of Agony, and all of a sudden you've turned into uh, uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils, where instead of playing Ad Nauseam, you're playing Grizzlebrand. This looks so worse. This looks so much worse. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to play a turn one Liliana, discard Emrakul, and try to reanimate it. There's, there's, there's two copies of Reanimate. There's no Limdul's Vault. It's just... 
the reanimate for the children coreless and also that's the other thing is you can also play like a more traditional reanimate deck you can plus Liliana discard Grizzlebrand and then reanimate him and then just have a 7-7 lifelinker and play like a reanimate deck instead of a storm deck yeah you just need 4 mana turn 1 and no counter spells in their hand well, sometimes you get lucky. Oh my god, I'd, I'd rather silence. <laughs> you don't have to do that turn one. That's the point, is you can also play as a two-turn, three-turn clock, because with, with the all-in Tin Fins deck, sure, you can win turn one, but if you don't win turn one, your chances of winning the game go down significantly turn after turn. At least this version of the deck can have game again again past turn four. Yes, it ha- it it has a this is a long game version of Tinfins. Exactly. I'll give you that. It is not it is not a turn one version of Tinfins. Exactly, and I like that version a lot better because I'd rather have consistency than explosiveness. If you want consistency, then you play Sneak and Show. If you want consistency, Adrian, you eat a lot of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> And as an excellent segue to our next segment, <laughs> um, uh, I think we have a, uh, a new little segment. We're going to call it Analyze This. Is that what we're going to call it? We're calling it Analyze This. I've decided. Executive decision. Jerry's going to call it Analyze My Consistent Fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent intro. Sorry, Joel. Wish we could give you better. But <laughs> our listener, uh, Joel, uh, he emailed us asking uh, a little bit of our opinion. It? Did you read his email? I did, yes. All right, so uh, it's, he did you, did you really read his email? No. All right, then, then don't do that. <laughs> he specifically asked not to have his last name mentioned. Okay, we'll edit or it. his email address. The so, magic well, of editing. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Editing's a blast. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, all right. So we, all right, Jerry really wants to call it. Analyze this. I want to call it. I, I, I don't want to call it anything, but I do want. I do want to thank uh, Libertarian Gamer. So at Joel underscore B eighty four on Twitter, uh, sent us a deck list to check out, wondering what we thought about it, and um, which is kind of interesting because uh, I, I don't really think what I think is valid. But <laughs> <laughs> but you're the shardless player, Adrian. You have you have experience of a different flavor, but you've cast your fair share of shardless agent in the day. Yeah, I'm degenerate gambler, sure. Uh, <laughs> and, but but with that, like you know, um, I gotta give actual credit where credits to uh, locally. The this so this deck, as I'm familiar with it, I've seen it called Waterfalls, and. Um, you know, locally, the player that I know that's actually familiar with playing this deck is actually Brad. Um, so, like, I know I don't have, I don't have the level of insight in this type of deck, or in in this specific deck anyway that I know others do. But I will offer uh, what I do have and whatever my impressions are. Your candid advice. Sure, sure, we could call it that. Uh, my, my advice being worth whatever it's actually worth. Uh, but we'll, maybe food for thought, something to consider. Um, yes. well, so, for, for any. Oops, for the listeners, uh, just to kind of read the deck list off so you can know what we're working with here. Uh, Joel and his friends have put together a list for it, and it's four Tarmogoyf, four Charlotte's Agent, three Bloodbraid Elf, two Snapcaster. Four Lightning Bolt, four Brainstorm, four Ancestral Visions, three Force of Will, three Is a Charm, three Punishing Fire, 
two dig through time, two coiling oracle, uh, one jit, one jace, two wasteland, three grove, two volcanic, two trop, three scalding, four misty, two wooded, and then one of each island and forest. Uh, so yeah, pretty, pretty nice punishing cascade rug. Definitely not the most common of decks on the circuit, but you, you've played it, uh, before, right, Adrian? No. No, I'm not <laughs> it. Personally, you've played against it, correct? Uh, yeah. I know, I know it's yeah. made its appearances at, uh, that's entertainment a couple times. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually, I've played against it, I haven't even played against it at TE, but I've, I've played against a deck like this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, of course it's not this deck because, uh, you know, some of these cards I actually had to look up and see what the hell it was, and some of these cards were not printed at that time. And I actually, so, so, alright, so initially, uh, this deck was, was, uh, the deck list was handed to me. And, uh, as I was looking at it, um, I was trying to think of, <clears throat> from what I could remember when Brad was playing Waterfalls, whether or not I actually came across him playing Punishing Fire. I don't actually remember. Um, now, there's a few things that have been mentioned with this list. Uh, the first was the thought of playing Blood Moon in it. And my first impression at that was, if I remember right, because it's a three-color deck that also plays Grove of the Burn Willows, Blood Moon is like this deck's enemy. Yeah, I don't. I <laughs> so, would not recommend playing a Blood Moon in this list because you're shutting off your most powerful engine, which is the Punishing Fire Grove of the Burn Willow combo. No, with that, I'm not actually. I, 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 I don't know, man. I see. <laughs> I can't even fucking. <laughs> Chime in on that. Well, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of any deck where that's the power of, of it. Is like take two, gain one, take two, gain one. It's, it it's, drives me up a fucking wall. Well, yeah, because you're casting Grizzlebrands. What you don't realize is uh, that's terrifying to a Delver player because sure. it's infinite removal for your win conditions and. Punishing Fire, Grove of the Burn Willows can shut a lot of decks just completely out of the game because they kill Delvers, they kill uh, Stoneforge Mystics, they kill Deathrite Shamans, and then if you have multiple Grove of the Burn Willows in play, you can kill Tarmogoyfs with it. Yeah, and maybe even that turn one Liliana. It's a grind. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that turn one Liliana. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) Okay, So, so yeah... Uh, so it's I'm a, not. I'm not a huge. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a. So I. All right. Punishing fire grove of the burn willows reminds me of release the ants, which is why I don't play the mono uh, blue omni show. I think it's. I think it's out of your wheelhouse, Adrian. But that is a powerful combo. It, it's in a lot of decks for that reason. Like that's a primary win condition for a lot of lands decks and definitely some jun decks. Yeah, because they're based out of the graveyard. Right. Yeah. But it's it's definitely very well-placed in this type of deck. I like it because it, it basically gives you that extra edge against the other Delver decks, which you need because you're a little bit slower because you're trying to cast three and four drops. Sure. I mean, my point was just I don't actually remember whether or not Brad was playing Punishing Fire in his... I think he was. I I remember playing against it um, at that scene. I was running Punishing Fire, but... I just I remember him playing Misdirection. The, the real trade-off with this, though, is compared to the Shardless Bug list, because it is pretty similar to the Shardless Bug, but they're switching Blackout and Red. And the Shardless Bug versions have more game against combo decks, which is why I think you respect those a bit better. You're running, like, 
him to Torak and Thoughtseize instead of Punishing Fire and Lightning Bolts, yeah. which is much b- better against the combo decks, but much worse against the Delver decks that can deploy the threats faster than you can, uh, you know, cascade out uh, discard cards. So Sure. I mean, this, this, this deck... You know, actually, as I look through it... Okay, so, as somebody familiar with Shardless Bug uh, and playing Shardless Agent... One thing that I always love playing that actually does fit in this deck that I don't see um, is Sylvan Library. Yeah, uh, I can definitely see a, a one of Sylvan Library, well, especially because yeah. they're wearing Dig Through Time, so you can you know pluck out the Sylvan with a Dig Through Time. Well, the thing like, and there's a couple of reasons why I like Sylvan Library in a Shardless deck is you have the, it ends up being so you get Umazawa's Jet. Some decks it's useless. In, yeah, that was even, actually. Even, but even when it's useless, it bumps the goif up by one by being an artifact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the, the same is true with Shardless Agent. But the um, the Sylvan, if it goes to the graveyard, counts as an enchantment, which bumps the uh, goif up even more. Right, and and so even even in decks where you can't resolve, when you can't resolve a Sylvan Library, it's pumping your goif. When you can resolve a Sylvan Library, you can Bloodbraid Elf cascade into a Shardless Agent into an Ancestral Visions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Set up those cascade plays. Yeah. So, like, a Sylvan Library is just... It, it's very good in this deck. It was so good in the cascade deck. I, I couldn't give it up. Yeah. Um, so, I, w- I actually... that My eyes zoomed to that as well. I wouldn't mind seeing the JIT move to the sideboard, because the JIT is still a really good card against a lot of decks. I wouldn't and, leave it in the sideboard. I just determined what meta I'm playing in. If I'm in a meta that's got, like, a lot of death and taxes and elves and shit, then I'm keeping JIT main deck. Yeah, definitely. Like, when, when, you can, when you can cascade into a JIT, equip it on a Bloodbraid Elf and attack... Right, I I definitely think it belongs in the seventy five. I just don't think it belongs main deck, and I would probably shift something else out of the sideboard and put the jit in the sideboard and do uh, Sylvan Library main. Um, I do like a little creativity uh, that Joel came up with is to better one of this deck's worst matchups is the combo deck. So one of the biggest problems with the uh, Cascade decks is the only counter spell you can run is Force of Will because it's the worst thing ever when you cast a Shardless Agent and you cascade into a Spell Pierce. That's just negative. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not technically negative, but it's just negative emotional. <laughs> you feel so bad cascading into a Spell Pierce. So the Shardless uh, decks were able to do it, uh, adapt to it better because they could cascade into a Hymn to Torak. And sure, sometimes your opponent's hand's going to be empty, but it ha- it still at least has the option of hitting. And it gave them a lot better game against the combo decks, whereas the rug versions of the deck didn't have any counter spells and they didn't have any discard, so they would get run over by the combo decks. Joel here, however, has come up with the answer of adding uh, Is It Charm into the deck. So, Is It Charm's a spell pierce when you need it, and then if you cascade into it, you can always use it as a faithless looting or even a shock. So, I really like the addition of the Is It Charms. I disagree with you. Really? Why? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to say it's bad in the deck, but I will disagree with you that I don't think it's a spell pierce when you need it. When you need a spell pierce, it's like turn one. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that it is. It is a little clunky. Um, it's definitely not ideal, but I do think it is the right answer for something that this deck was lacking. Well, I think it, I think the reason that it's actually decent or cute in this deck is that it can fuel the dig through time. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's a faithless looting for your dig-through times. But what I... So, now, what I'm aware of that you might not be, Jerry, is that originally when he had this list together, I think... Uh, so, the, the the list as you're seeing it now, mm-hmm. he made a change that it took... I had to look the card up to see. Um, originally, he was considering Explore, and, you know, him and the guys working on it replaced Explore with Coiling Oracle. Which, when looking at it, cascading into a coiling oracle is a hell of a lot fucking better than cascading into an explorer. Yeah. Because if you don't have a land in hand, it's fucking useless. Exactly. But when I looked at coiling oracle, I'm like, yo, that's really fucking good. I love coiling oracle. I wish it saw more play. I can. It's just not quite good enough for most decks, but when you're casting it for free, it's so good. Yeah. I can and see that. I also love it because it also just buys you time. This deck's definitely a slower version of a fair deck. It's not running Delvers, so it needs a way to hold back those early Tarmogoyfs and just get a body on the ground to just chump block. That'll still provide some value. And, and maybe even get to the next Grove of the Burn Willows. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like this deck's version of the Baleful Strix. Not quite as good as the Baleful Strix because it's not taking down whatever it's blocking. No, but in all cases, it's giving you the card. Oh, right, right, but it's not flying Death Touch. Yeah, like Baleful Strix is just better. <laughs> um, I do like the deck. It's just I feel I'm with you on in an unknown meta. I would probably lean more towards the Shardless Bug version because I want to be better protected against combo decks. But in the meta that I saw down in Pennsylvania, I would definitely rather take this version of the deck. If I know the meta is going to be very fair, I would feel very comfortable playing this deck because you're going to beat most fair decks because you're going to outlast them with the Punishing Fire combo. Uh, well, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'd say perhaps. I don't, like, I really don't know. And I think either meta, I'd grab Punishing... I mean, I'd, in either meta... I would grab Shardless Bug, because that's the deck that I'm familiar with. I mean, of course. All that aside, definitely always play the deck you're more familiar with. But <laughs> all, all that aside. <laughs> in a strictly strategic, <laughs> in an armchair general strategic sense, <laughs> maximizing ar- chances of success, being completely blind in all decks equal in experience. <laughs> okay. We will as take a, them on the beaches. <laughs> as an armchair quarterback, <laughs> as an armchair quarterback... Um, if, as an armchair quarterback, okay, if combo is my weak matchup with this deck, are you there? I'm here, yeah. Okay, if combo is my weak matchup with this deck, then the fourth force of will goes to the main deck. Oh, of course, yeah, I definitely think the fourth force of will should be main. The Reclamation Sage would probably not be there because I can't cascade into it off of a Shardless Agent. He's not running Reclamation Sage. No, I'm looking at the sideboard. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, You're you're talking armchair general shit, sir. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I (laughs) I feel the sideboard's less important because you're going to make the sideboard based on your own personal meta. Um, Like, um, so, if... So... And I, I, I... Man, this is... Like, for me... It's just personal preference. It, it's it's another three color deck that seems weak to. All right. See, so yeah, you lose Deathrite Shaman if you're not going to access black. I mean, you can keep Deathrite Shaman or not. That's that's another personal preference thing. But as a three color deck, how like? Okay, here's a question, Jerry. How does a rug deck handle a Blood Moon? It cries. You definitely run some Crosen Grips in your sideboard. I may even bump it up from one to two Crosen Grips. 
uh, because you're lack on the counter magic. You're basically trying to force a will it. Uh, and it all else fails, you're hoping you got that for- one of forest early, and you can cross and grip that uh, blood moon. How weak is this deck to lightning bolts? Uh, not very weak at all, actually. I mean, okay. all yeah. the boltable creatures you get value out of before um, they kill it, and then the only other uh, creature that's not getting you value when it comes into play is the Tarmogoyf, which is out of bolt range. How do you think this deck handles a Monastery Swift Spear? I think this deck destroys a Monastery Swift Spear. And what about Burn? Uh, Burn is definitely going to be a race. Uh, it, I mean, Burn is a ter- is a coin flip either way, no matter what deck you're playing. How about, um, how about I would say it's fifty fifty on Burn. How about Sneak and Show? I would say Sneak and Show is probably a poor matchup. So with all of those cards, how about Blue Elemental Blast in the sideboard? Blue Elemental Blast in the sideboard. That actually is a pretty good idea. It uh it definitely deals with the Blood Moon, which is uh definitely gonna a problem for a deck like this. Deals with uh the sneak attack half of show and tell. Um hmm. It's just you know, I'm just looking at like if like if if Blood Moon really shuts this deck out, how can what what are the sideboard cards that can come in that can handle that along with others? Um, I would like to say one more crossing grip, and I don't know if you need that much more. Um, because if yeah, you're, you're just like can quickly fetch the forest, yeah, just if you know you're playing against a Blood Moon deck, prioritize fetching your basics, which uh, you should do anyways. If you if you have the feeling that your opponent's siding in Blood Moons, always go for your basics early on in game two. I love that shit. <laughs> what? I just love watching people think I'm playing Blood Moon. Yeah. <laughs> I start watching bug players grab basics. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you got it. You got the turn one death right on a forest. Oh, Liliana's in your hand. <laughs> uh, but I think this deck definitely does have some explosive turns where you can go, you know, Bloodbraid Elf into Charlotte's Agent into Goyf, Snapcaster, Ancestral Visions, Coiling Oracle, you know, Sylvan Library if that gets added. I do really like the one of Jace the Mind Sculptor instead of the fourth Bloodbraid Elf. Um, I, I do like having a Jace in, in this type of deck. I always love having a Jace with a Shardless Agent. It, it's, it's so fucking cool to like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Sylvan Library set up the top of my deck, right? I'm gonna, cast a Shardless Agent, cascade into, oh, look, it's Ancestral Visions. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to bounce the Shardless Agent and cast it again. Oh, look, it's another one. It's fucking something blind. Yep. Uh, I've also seen these types of decks run like a one of uh, top. I don't like that. You don't like the Sensei's top? I like that. Because um, you can play it real early. Like, you can go top into Goyf into Shardless Agent. Yeah, but there's so many better things you can cascade into than a top. Yeah, it's definitely not a good thing to get cascaded into. It's definitely something you want as uh, your, one of your turn one plays, so you can oh. set up the, every cascade you do for the rest of the game. Yeah, but whenever I'm cascading into something, I want it to be something. Like, I, I, I would actually, I, you know, I've been looking at the list, debating whether I'd even play Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, it is a little bit debatable. It's only real good targets are Lightning Bolt, Brainstorm. You can, you can Snapcaster and is a charm. No, like it, it. My my point is like, the, all right. So there's no ramp creature in here either, except for the coiling oracle. So you can't you can't cast a shardless agent until turn three. 
Right? Yeah, and Tur- we don't no, even so have great targets for it either. Well, no, but if you cascade, if you turn three, cast a shardless agent, cascade into a snapcaster mage, and you have no mana to flashback the brainstorm that's in your graveyard. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that aspect as well. Like, like the 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 point to the cascade, like for me, the point to shardless bug is everything in the deck that I can cascade into. I want to be absolutely fucking powerful. Right. So because, would you... because my shardless agent is not powerful. <laughs> yeah. Would you cut the snap? Caster mages for two more coiling oracles? Uh, no. Uh, no, no, I, no, because it, you know, on the, like, all right, he has a fucking terrible, terrible fucking thing, right? Now this is this is just garbage. Like, this is a garbage reason why I would not. Um, this is not a good justification for my decision. <laughs> You're really backing up and showing you have a sound logic for this argument. I like it. <laughs> so, if I took out two snapcaster mages and putting two coiling oracles. Right now, the guy that's prepared for the fucking elf deck that's going to play engineered plague naming elf just shut me off of four creatures. Oh yes, no, that is not a valid experience. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, like I said, it's not a valid fucking thing. But that's close it, to him saying I'm going to name druids with my uh, engineered plague. <laughs> well, no, no, after game one, sure. Like if that's, I mean, if that's my cascade target, is that I get to draw a card and have a one-one on the ground? No. No, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> They're not yeah. naming Elf against uh, Rug Cascade. With Who's bringing in Engineered Plague against Rug Cascade? No, I'm just... It, it, what other cards could take out fucking Elves? Um, that's, I, my, that's, that's my point. If you're geared for Elves, you can fucking take out my Cascade targets. That's not a powerful Cascade target. It's a cute Cascade ramp target because you lost Deathrite Shaman. But it's not it's it's not what I want to cascade into. I would take out Snapcaster Mage and put in Sylvan Library. Okay. That's and probably this... my that's probably my first. And I would uh uh what the hell else did I used to use in fucking I'm trying to Well think you still need to find room for the uh fourth uh, force of will. Okay, take out a Snapcaster Mage for the fourth force of will if combo is my weak matchup. Um You still leave in the Umazawa's Jit main? Yeah. Yeah, I always leave Umazawa's Jit main. I don't want to fight three fucking rounds against it. I want. To, I don't want. To, I don't want three matches against an elf deck. Okay. Like, they're already. They they can make it grindy if they want to anyway. Yeah. But and, and it's once they start outnumbering my creatures, the only things I have on the ground are fucking shardless agent and Brugbleed elf. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not handling a swarm of elves well. You know, I have to keep punishing fire into that shit, which, which I'm not. I'm. I still. I don't. I'm I think a, you I'm, need to. I think you need to play with the power that is punishing fire because it's. It's. I can definitely see why you don't respect it because it does not seem like much on the surface. But when you've played against the, it's just unstoppable force. It's just coming and coming and coming and coming, and you you just get so disheartened playing against it because they're literally killing you one life point at a time. It's uh-huh. very powerful, and they just shut you out of the game. I hate seeing a Punishing Fire if I'm playing any deck that's running Delver. It's it, it's a Delver's deck's worst nightmare. Interestingly enough, you know what's good against the Punishing Fire combo? What? My Painter Servant deck. That's true. Blood Moon. No, no, my Painter Servant deck. The Land Tax one. Oh, you know why? Why? Yeah, because yeah, I play Warmth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so whenever I play a Castle Red Spell, I gain a life. Good. Now we break even, and... Anyway, so there's nobody else that's playing that shit. <laughs> um, 
So, final final remarks for Joel. Uh, what, what do you what do you think, Adrian? I'm still not a huge fan of Dig Through Time. I haven't found a deck that it belongs in yet. Yeah, you, you can't just get, <laughs> that's out of left field. Okay, Dig Through Time is good in this deck. Like we said, it's is good it charm- in this deck. You're playing a deck that's based is on three charm- cards. Fuels it. Dig Through Time finds those pieces that you want. It Dig finds Through Time shrinks you. your goif, and when you need to cast it, you may need to remove Punishing Fire from your graveyard. Okay, so there are some downsides like in any trade-off, but this is a deck that can really epitomize Dig Through Time because it's a slower, grindier deck that can set up those Dig Through Times and really cast them for value, unlike other decks that are just firing off Dig Through Times left and right just trying to get whatever they can get. Jerry, look at the list. What's the value that you just got? uh, You just got a Jace the Mind Sculptor. Or you just got the Grove of the Burn Willows for your Punishing Fire combo. Uh-huh. It's definitely good in finding those pieces that you need. Against what? Against whatever you're playing against. Sometimes you just need the Grove of the Burn Willows, or sometimes you're playing against uh, Miracles and you need to find the Jace right now because you know they're out of counter magic. Right, it also finds you the Force of Will when you're playing against the combo matchup. So you need the fourth Force of Will in the deck. Yeah, fourth force of will in the deck, but we're cutting a snapcaster mage for the fourth force of will. Cutting a snapcaster mage for a Sylvan Library. And the fourth force of will, okay. Yeah, and then you want to leave Umazawa's uh Jid uh main. I, 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 I think it's so counterproductive to play any graveyard based deck with a dig through time. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and you're not really a dig graveyard based deck. You're in, you're you're playing Tarmogoyf. <laughs> you're tangentially a, a graveyard based deck. Yes, you're running Tarmogoyf, but <laughs> if, if you're a Cascade deck, Jerry, very you're, rarely, you're left with a fucking two two and a three two. And very that's your deck. rarely, very rarely is my Tarmogoyf adversely shrunk by dig through time. He may lose a power and toughness, um, maybe two, but it's not like he goes from a five six to a zero one. That never happens because your opponent has a graveyard too. All right, so. Four shardless. Um, um, the win conditions in this deck, in the face of a rest in peace, is four shardless agents, two fucking bloodbraid elves, three bloodbraid elves, and the jace, and the jet, and the punish, uh, and burning them out, <laughs> <laughs> and burning them out. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so let's fucking try this, Jerry. Want to see what seven seven cards looks like opening hand? Yeah, let's try it out. All right. Uh. All right, let's see. So, draw cards. Seven. Opening hand. Lightning Bolt. Grove of the Burn Willows. I can't even say that right. Grove of the Burn Willows. Shardless Agent. Wooded Foothills. Volcanic Island. Misty Rainforest. Misty Rainforest. So, five lands, a Shardless Agent, and a Lightning Bolt. Keep. Are you a gambling man? <laughs> You're not worried about a wasteland. You got to you got to grow with the burn willows here. Yep, you have one half of the combo. It's basically you're going to cascade into something, and you have early removal. You don't have a counter spell if you're playing against a combo deck. <laughs> nope. Get ready yeah. to run. It's basically what are you able to find with that Charles agent? All right, cast the Charles agent. Cast the Charles agent and see what we get uh, cascade into. Well, you can't cast Shardless Agent until turn three. Let's say we're on the play. All right. Let's say we're on the play and play it out, see what our draws are. On the play, play a land. Uh, Drawing a Bloodbraid Elf. Ah, good value. Looking up already. Play a land. Drawing Shardless Agent. 
and your opponent has cast tendrils of agony. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can we could cast. It. Let's. Oh, but let's say you're playing against the Delver, and they've run uh, out of Delver. Uh, let's see. Um, view library. Let's fetch out a fucking trop and an island and close that. Let's fucking. All right, junk both of these. We go to eighteen. Moment of truth. What are we uh, cascading into? So we cascade into a lightning bolt. Hmm. Disappointing. Okay, so maybe that hand wasn't keepable. No, five lands and a fucking shardless agent with it, a lightning bolt. I mean, you like that's, live dangerously. <laughs> it, like, I, yeah, I'm not terribly sure what that's really good against. I don't want to knock the deck either because I'll give anybody fucking credit for putting a deck together. Um, I am kind of curious to see. I, I man, jeez, yeah. Um, let's see, seven. Uh, a wasteland, a tarmogoyf, a punishing fire, a coiling oracle, a volcanic island. Force of Will, and Tarmogoyf. Hmm. So, three cards that are green, no green source, a Punishing Fire, and a Wasteland. Alright, throw it back, throw it back, throw it back. Throw What's it back. Let's, well, let's just take a look at the, yeah, probably don't even want to look at the top card, right? What do you, now, what's your impression about that, Jerry? When you're like fucking... Hey, you can't you, make a decision about a deck off of two hands. No, 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 no. This is, I'm asking you a question here. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that'll be edited out. <laughs> uh, so, what's your impression here, Jerry? When you're playing a deck, do you do you look at the top card of your library after you decide to take a mulligan to see uh, whether or not you should have? You know what I mean? So, you're asking, am I a uh, masochist or not? <laughs> I'm asking you if you... Uh, I'm just asking you on your habit. Do you, do you look at the top card or no? Uh, if I'm playing in a tournament, no, because it's the quickest way to put yourself on tilt. But if I'm just playing casually with friends, I will. Interesting. Yeah, I never do it in a tournament because why would you want to put yourself on tilt that way? You are screwed on land, and all you need is the top deck on land, and you have the turn one win. Don't look at the top card of your deck because it doesn't matter. The right decision there is to mulligan. If you look at the top of your deck, you're just going to kick yourself and feel bad. And then if when it isn't, the amount of relief you feel for having mulliganed is never as much as the amount of gut-wrenching feel bad that you have when it is the card that you need on top of your library. So it's a psychological defense mechanism I have that I never look at the top card when I'm in a tournament. Why do you do it casually? Because I want to know, man. <laughs> I want to know. Well, let me... So, I I don't do that. I don't look at the top card, and I don't look at the top card casually either. And I don't look at the top card casually because I don't want that memory to affect my uh, clarity on whether or not to take a mulligan in a tournament. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. I can see, yeah, what you're saying there. You don't... That's just, yeah, that's just, it's just my thing. It's just something I figured... I, Thought I'd ask. So here's an opening seven: Punishing Fire, Lightning Bolt, Ancestral Vision. <laughs> Type it up. <laughs> Tarmogoyf, Grizzlebrand. <laughs> no, <just> fucking... <laughs> oh yeah, really? Oh, okay. Well, you know what happened? I was telling you I put the deck list together, but I don't have the card database, the most recent one. So I was using Grizzlebrand as proxy. Dig through time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So, uh, from Tarmogoyf, uh, Dig Through Time, Grove of the Burn Willows, and Force of Will. So now you have a Grove of the Burn Willows, you've got Opening Hand Force, you can pitch Ancestral Visions, or Dig Through Time. Uh, do you keep this? One land, Grove of the Burn Willows? You have Grove of the Burn Willows Punishing Fire in your hand. Yeah. Ah, it's rough. It's real rough. I, ah, I don't know if you do. Uh, it's just the big problem that um, you, you're getting these one-landers. You just really, really need... You're a slower deck, so you really just need those those lands so you can... you want. It's almost like miracles. You want to make a land drop every turn. Well, what do you what do you normally play for lands in a deck? I mean, it depends on the deck, definitely. Um, for a deck like this, I don't even count how many lands they're playing, but I would probably want twenty lands. He's playing twenty lands. He is playing twenty lands. Yep. Um, two wasteland. I I definitely agree with the two wasteland. I don't think the deck can support four wasteland unless you cut other non-land cards. Why why play two wasteland? Uh, I mean, Wasteland, I just always like having a one or two of if I can find the room, because there are just utility lands you want to get rid of. Like what? Um, this, deck has, this deck does not care about a Caracas. It cares about a Maze of Ith. Uh, that was a real concern uh, at the last tournament I was in. Uh, Maze of Ith absolutely shut me down. Um, yeah, but you weren't playing a Cascade deck, were you? I wasn't, but I was playing a Delver deck, which has a lot of the same concerns that a Cascade deck has. You know, if they if they shut down your Tarmogoyf, that can really delay your, your game plan. This deck definitely fights around uh, Maze of Ith a lot better than Pug Delver does, but you still want the Wasteland for those those utility lands. You know, the Academy Ruins, the uh, Cloud Posts. Tabernacle? The ta- yeah, Tabernacle. There are, it's like, you're not really trying to take them off mana, you're trying to take them off the utility that the, or Rashad in port even. Um, it's just yeah, nice. Yeah, I guess I can see Rashad in port. It's just nice to be able to have that option when it's available. Because you feel real bad when you're running a deck without Wastelands when you get paired up against 12th post. Yeah, man, I don't know. See, I, maybe I just use Wasteland different. I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't like to use a Wasteland as a one for one. Like, I'd like to set up a Wasteland for, like... Yeah, but it's not a one-for-one post. No, but in this deck, it's a one-for-one. No, if you're slowing down Cloud Post by a significant amount of time, it's it's definitely worth it, because uh, 12 Post is probably one of this deck's one of its hardest matchups, um, because they 12 Post lasts as long as they do, and 12 Post's plan is just to go bigger than this deck, and you don't really have that many counterspells, so if they go their show-and-tell route, you can just get blown out that way as well. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like losing to a show and tell deck, not like losing to a twelve post deck. Yeah, but the thing is, twelve post can also just last as long as this deck can do. See, the way that this deck wins its games is by being a little bit bigger than all the other fair decks in the format, except for twelve post. If you can even call twelve post a fair deck, um, twelve post will match them land drop for land drop, and it will outlast <laughs> them, and it will cast the Emrakul instead of casting a Shard, uh, Bloodbraid Elf into Shardless Agent. Did you just call 12 post an unfair deck? It's, I mean, do you call Emrakul a fair card? Well, yeah, if you actually paid 15 to <laughs> cast it. <laughs> if you paid 15 for a time walk. I don't see how I think you deck, did that the fair way. <laughs> I don't see how any deck that runs show and tell and Emrakul can consider itself completely fair. 
it's more fair. That's saying completely un- fair. Yeah. But like they're looking at show and tell Primeval Titan so they can hard cast Emrakul. <laughs> right. They definitely can hard cast Emrakul as well, but they can also cheat an Emrakul into play. I don't think anytime you have an Emrakul in play, whether you paid for it or not, it's a fair game. I don't know. My 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 thing with Wasteland in the Shardless Bug deck anyway. I love playing Surgical Extraction in Shardless Bug because um depending on like what I was doing, if I could like Shardless Bug, it was a little bit weirder. I'd use it as a counterspell against Reanimator, but I'd also use it to like if I'm against Twelve Post, Wasteland him in Surgical the Twelve Post, the Cloud Post. You know, but like the, I I do these oddball fucking shit with Surgical Extraction. Like I, I'll if I get the chance to keep somebody off a of color. That's when I use Wasteland. Like, I'm not using Wasteland for... Like, what it would... To take out... Uh, I guess... I guess you take out Meta Vault? Like, you're not... You're not getting fucking gay as Cradle with it to any useful degree, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I can... I can definitely see that. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's just... Like, if I'm playing two of Wasteland, it's... Like, if I'm playing Wasteland in a deck, I usually want four. Uh, that's the thing is I don't think this deck can support four. It's no, it's main, three colors. Yeah, and it's its main deck is really cramped as is. You, we were struggling to find spots for some of the cards we really wanted, so I don't think you can find two things you want to cut to bring in two more wasteland. But I do definitely want that wasteland because uh, especially against a deck that's running like Academy Ruins Engineered Explosives combo, that's a that's a combo that can keep up to you, but you have if you have the wasteland for their utility land and they don't for your Grove of the Burn Willows, you're gonna win that matchup. Hmm. It's just good to have access to wasteland. No, I'm just looking. You at can't say else. no to removal. I'm just looking at something else. Let's see, the uh, I think I wonder if that was part of the choice too. One island, one forest, no mountain. So I'm, I'm assuming they're actually just preparing to be facing Blood Moon. Right, exactly. Because you don't need a basic mountain when you're playing against a Blood Moon. <laughs> yeah, which uh, is actually kind of interesting. Speaking of Wasteland, by the way, did you see the uh, new Judge promo? I did. Yeah, the Wizards announced the new Judge promos, and it looks like our friend Wasteland is going to be included in it. Uh, what the hell was it before? Wasn't it, like, what was it, a player's reward promo? What was the DC? Um, I don't know if it was a player's reward or if it was also a judge promo, but that came out, like, ten years ago. It's been a long time since that promo. Uh-huh. Um, so it was definitely, in, you know, due for another one, which I'm actually wondering if some people may have known about this, because I've noticed Wasteland's price go way down over the last month or two. It went from about $100 to $70 over the last month, and that was before I was spoiled as a judge promo. <coughs> I don't know if that was just people... Not as many people were playing Wastelands, but it's not like we're still in the Treasure Cruise days where everyone's running Blue-Red Delver without Wasteland. People had gone back to playing them, and yet for some reason, after people went back to playing Wastelands, its price dropped. Well... Okay, you say it's price dropped. What do you so? What do you mean? What's Wasteland at then? It's at seventy dollars now. Okay, and you're looking at TCG. Right. Uh, well, I, I'm not looking directly at TCG. Let's get a let's get an official quote here. Sure. Star City Games has them at seventy six, seventy nine, and there's thirty two in stock. Mm hmm. Um, the player's reward foil, which is the one that I was thinking. Oh, of. do they have a quote on it already? Oh, that's the old one. The old yeah, one you have. Three hundred dollars. Wow. The, the judge promo, um, two hundred dollars. 
Oh, there's two promo wastelands. Yeah, one's the players reward. Oh, I mean, they already have the um, they already have the quote I'm saying for the new one. For the judge foil, yeah. It hasn't even been printed yet, and they already are pre-selling it. <laughs> they have they have three in stock. They have three in stock. It hasn't already come out yet. I thought I thought it was coming out for next season. Uh, that might just be the amount of stock they have available for pre-order because they have judges lined up who already said they would sell it to them. Uh, maybe. If you click on it, see if there's like a release date or something. Because I uh, three in stock. Bye. Yeah, it's just here. Let me let me show you what the fuck I'm looking at here. Yeah. And um, where's the chat? Right over here. Paste. And what are they selling for? Let's see. I did not know that these had already come out. I'm surprised. I'll have to take a look and make sure that the artwork is actually that. Stuff. No, this is um. This is not the new one. Take a look at that second link, too. That second link has all the uh, info on the wastelands. Um, yeah, these are... Oh, so I guess this is the third promo of Wasteland. Because have you seen the art? This Neither one of these are the... Um, the wastelands that are coming out, the promotional cards, the player rewards, and then the judge foil uh, were prior. Well, let me see. There's the dual cast image. Okay, and yeah, that's Ravages of War. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It's different. So, that's, <clears throat> so yeah, this isn't even another version of Wasteland coming out. Yeah, it's just another. All right, so another judge foil Wasteland. Yep. yep. I but, think it's probably going to be around two hundred dollars when it comes out, and then probably settle down to one fifty to one hundred dollar range. Like I think it's going to hit bottom at one hundred, and then probably bounce back up towards the fifty dollar range. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Not that I want to be playing Merfolk. Um. <laughs> what do you think? We get some pimped out wastelands for Merfolk? No, I'm just thinking. Uh. It's 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 uh it's just theory garbage. Uh, anyway, so we should probably get back to this deck here. <laughs> <laughs> so no, the the thing is is like okay, are people like playing fucking rug and bug because they're also good decks? But like as more wastelands become available and hit the market, just more people start playing fucking metalworker and mud and like decks that just fuck up greedy mana bases and, and I I don't think the judge foils are honestly gonna get anyone into legacy. I don't think people who are looking to jump into legacy, their first thought is to buy judge foil wastelands. Right, but the people who have wastelands, if judge promos go down, do they just go to foil wastelands and sell their wastelands and then the people who want to get into legacy just pick up wastelands because they're cheap now? I think the people who are picking up judge foil wastelands are taking their non-foil wastelands and moving them into their EDH and cubes and casual decks and then they're using the judge promo wastelands for their tournament decks. I want to go back to that for a minute because you said something that I just like after I'm editing and listening to it, I'm like, wait, what? Because <laughs> you were talking about how Cuban EDH drives up the prices of legacy cards. It does because instead of those cards going back on the market for other legacy players to pick up, the players who already have those cards are pimping them out and then not reselling their other cards. I know this because I do it myself. I'll get a better version of a card, and I just won't go through the effort of reselling them because 
I don't want to accept a lower price on it when it's something I still can use in another format and not have to go through the hassle of switching decks out. For sure. Uh, I, I have one question. And, and yeah, also, one. wait, I'm sorry, one other point, one other point. The other point is the people who can afford to pimp their decks out with, you know, judge promo versions of Wasteland are also the same people who can afford not to have to sell cards. They don't have to be on, like, a rotating basis where they, you know, turn one deck into another. There are people who are growing their collection who are, you know... Who are not self-supporting to their own contributions, it, I get that. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, so I have a question for you. Yes. Is Cube, is Cube a sanctioned format? Um, is this a trick question? <laughs> Maybe it's a rhetorical question. Sure. I I know. I mean, like, like, if you can just, if you can Cube with a fucking proxied Black Lotus that's... Foiled. Oh, but people don't want to, Adrian. It's that much better when they play with the real card. It has to be real. Believe me, if you can't tell by my sarcastic undertone, I agree with you. I don't see any reason when an EDH and well, then Q, if you agree with me, then it doesn't. Then you can't but hold I'm, the logical I'm argument that also the prices of legacy cards. Devil's advocate here. Just because we see it that way does not mean the rest of the world sees it that way. The rest of the world still wants those original cards. Not everyone has access to the amazing talents of Adrian. Not everyone can get sweet. Uh, promo, fa- uh, promo proxy cards. No, no, no. They, they just fucking put right Black Lotus on a piece of paper. But people don't want to do card. that. If you're in cubes, like, people don't like playing with those proxies. That's like we were discussing earlier, how people don't go to legacy events that have, uh, used proxies if everyone's using shitty proxies. It's the same way. No one's gonna want to play your cube if your cube is full of shitty proxies. I don't know. I've been watching these guys cube. People want people want to pimp their cubes out. People pimp cubes out the same way that they pimp EDH decks out. So people sure. aren't going to want to just play with a island that has Mox Sapphire written in Sharpie on it. Right. So people want the good cards, and if they don't have access or they're morally mor- morally object to using uh, you know quality proxies, they'll buy the original cards. And these cards are the main point is the cards aren't re-entering circulation, people are just getting their additional play set. You did not just say buy proxies, did you? I didn't say buy proxies. Okay, good. Because right. it's... it's say they morally... Morally... morally uh, more, uh, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever it was, I'll listen to it anyway. So, now, if you have... How the... All right. Let's say you have an Italian chains of Mephistopheles yes. in your cube. I would never put that in cube, but go on. <laughs> Why wouldn't you put that in cube? Well, because it's mine. <laughs> Are we talking hypothetically? No, we're talking you have a cube. <laughs> okay. Isn't sure. it your cube? <laughs> sure. Let's say hypothetically I have a cube and I were to put my Italian chains of Mephistopheles in said cube. Okay, so you don't have a cube, is that what you're saying? I have a proxy cube. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> my buddy Mike, uh, we've talked about, he used to work at Staples. So oh my god. He Never took mind, the Magic Jerry. Online, he took the Magic Online Holiday Cube, and so, he printed out on business card cardboard stock, and we sleeved it up, and so now we have the Holiday Cube that we can cube whenever we want. But they're nice proxies. You sure. know, they're, they're printed on cardboard, full color, they're nice. Okay, so, so, you, you, so you cube then? Yes. You do cube, okay. 
And has ha, have has your cubing driven up the price of legacy staples? <laughs> no, because I'm cheap, <laughs> cheap, cheap bastard. <laughs> okay, so you. Oh boy. All right. Uh, so Adrian, but you've seen cubes. You've seen. I've seen cubes that have power in them. People are playing their power in their cube because you know what? They trust strangers, and they see the goodness in the heart of strangers that they'll give them a. $20,000 piece of cardboard to hold on to for a couple hours. Oh, yeah? But how, many, how many people you know do that? Uh, you'd be surprised. Quite oh, a nope. few. All right. People Share a build number with cubes me. Share a number with cards. me. Share a number with me. How many people do you know that do that? I'm going to go with six. Okay. Six oh. people. Six. Okay. Now, six people took Tabernacle off the market. That's just, uh, it's a big world out there, boy. You gotta go out there and see the world. There's a lot of people out there that are doing the same thing. Yeah, man. Even if it's just one, uh, a wise man once told me, Adrian, a single drop raises the ocean. Yes, taking and a butterfly flaps his wings in Mexico. And taking one dual land out of circulation increases the price of all the other dual lands. No matter how fractal you know, how much of an infinitesimally small fraction it is, it still creates that imbalance in the supply and demand chain that tips the balance favoring demand over supply. Sure. It's one and less then, of the supply. And then, I, and then I say, you know what, I will give you a proxy set of dual lands um, and a play set of all the sharks I actually, for, your, for your one dual land. I actually need a proxy set of dual lands because I want to make a progenitus EDH deck. I gave you a proxy set of dual lands, didn't I? Uh, you gave me the the blue ones. Oh, I gave you the list that you gave me. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will clean clean some some promos for you, some foils. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I like how I like how I played devil's advocate and then asked you for proxies. <laughs> yeah, because you drive up the cost of legacy stuff. I do somehow I do. doing doing a a non-sanctioned fucking. Proxy cube it does not drive up the cost of legacy staples. You know what drives up the cost no of legacy staples is legacy people playing legacy. Is me shoveling piles of dual lands into the furnace to keep warm on the cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because Jerry needs a place set of plateaus. I've stockpiled stockpiled dual lands and I just shovel them into the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So. All right, so this hand, anyway, back to this hand. Lightning Bolt, is it Charm, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Wasteland, Punishing Fire, Volcanic Island, Force of Will. <laughs> the only thing you have is a Counterspell and two Burn cards. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Wasteland. I'm not a fan of Wasteland in a deck without a Death Rite Shaman. I still think at least a one-of Wasteland for those situations where you want it. I do like it, but I definitely see your point. The mana base does seem a little rough in the deck. Well, that's what he was looking for some insight for. Like he was, he was kind of hoping we could offer some insight with the mana base. And I think the Coiling Oracle's probably. Yeah, I think he, I think he's on the right path there. You know, because it allows him to land on top of the deck. The question is really. I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, 
Wasteland, you really do lose a lot with Deathrite Shaman. Like, in, in a, okay, in a Shardless Bug deck, I can play a fetch and get a Deathrite down turn one. Mm-hmm. Or, or play just a duel and get a fetch down turn one. Turn two, I can play a Wasteland, waste you. Um, alright, no, I guess I can't do that. Alright, I could play a Wasteland, wasteland you instead. It's, it's definitely better with Deathrite Shaman, you're right. It, it, the deck really does want that Deathrite Shaman to power it into the turn. Cascading. Yeah, into Cascading. Turn two, Charles Agent, or turn three, blo- turn three, Blood Raid Elf. Um, the question is, is Deathrite Shaman, at, at this point, you're basically just playing Deathrite Shaman as a Birds of Paradise, so why not yeah. just play a Birds of Paradise instead? You don't have to worry about graveyard hate and expose yourself even more to graveyard hate. And I was I was thinking about that and looking at that too because you, I mean if if you needed to later I suppose you could chump a, a Delver if you had to like I I don't know um what would let's let's see here let me fucking end this game um oh I gotta concede where the fuck do I concede uh, fuck I forget uh you gotta sign the sign the slip of paper game concede yes um. So what would you take out to put in a Birds of Paradise? Uh, there's two Snapcaster Mages. One was coming out for the... F- oh, you know what I would... Okay, that's fucking good. I'd get rid of the Dig Through Time for Birds of Paradise. No. Dig- <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> All right, take out Ancestral Visions for Birds of Paradise. You're not cascading into Dig Through Time. No, you're not. All right, trim one Dig Through Time for Birds. What? Oh, alright, trim one dig through time, okay. Keep one dig through time, trim one dig through time for a birds. Um, the fourth force, it will take out a Snapcaster Mage. Yep. Take What's better, the Sylvan or the birds? Oh, Sylvan. Alright, if we cast oh, it. Oh man, Dude, there's, there's nothing better than gambling with loaded dice. If we cast it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else would you cut for a birds? This, this list is so tight. Yeah, yeah, a, a Coraling Oracle. Coiling Oracles had actually... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's true. It does serve the same role, but it's one mana more expensive. You're just not drawing a card when you cascade. It no. doesn't replace itself. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't replace itself. It's not as much value, but if you never get to cascade in the first place, that doesn't matter. That actually points out, yeah, Bird is pretty fucking awkward. Bird I mean, awkward. cascading into a Bird is not the worst thing in the world. You're basically cascading into a land. No, it is the worst thing in the world. Why? Because you want to cascade into ancestral visions. Well, yeah. You don't want to cascade into birds of paradise. You want, yeah, like you want the things the you cascade. You have, that's the payoff you have to take if you never cast it in the first place. I mean, granted, no, it's okay. worse than cascading into a deathrite shaman, but you just need that mana. No, you want to. No, no. You, the, I mean, instead of the, birds, are you trying to up the land count then? Because clearly, something needs to be done with the mana base because we're having to mulligan every single hand. I, I'm, honestly, I'm not a huge fan. Like, three Grove of the Burn Willows, not necessary. I think. Well, no, there's no Tegas. Yeah, there's no, there's no, no Tega. No I, th- I like that level. There's no Tega, but we've been looking for what Tropical Islands, because that's the Shardless Agent. Yeah, that's true. I there might well cut one Grove for one Trop. Yeah, you could try that. Well, no, because Grove is the green source we're looking for. We're looking for Tropical Islands, not because we're looking for blue. We're looking for Tropical Islands because we're looking for the green source. No, we're looking for the green and blue source. I Oh, I see, and you're saying Grove would satisfy the green but not the blue. Right, and because I felt we were hitting, you know, uh, uh, volcanic islands, but 
we were just having trouble finding that green source. I felt we were do- hitting the blue source pretty reliably. It was the green source that we were having trouble with. Uh, maybe. Maybe. One one thing I'm not the biggest fan of is that there's more fetch lands than <laughs> sources. <laughs> I was looking at that myself. Like, okay, you got two, four, six, seven, eight, nine fetches, four duels. Yeah, but uh, an island and a forest, so six. Yeah, which which nine no. fetches to six, so it's okay to have more fetches than fetchable targets because your chances of drawing those extra ones go down. But this is a slow grindy deck, so you, there's going to be more situations in this deck than others where you're going to have m- drawing more fetches than the fetchable targets. So I would also like shaving a couple of the fetch lands for actual more dual lands. Uh, let me point this out. You know, the one basics are always good against Blood Moon anyway, that type of thing. Yeah. Wastelands, Wasteland decks. But there's only two traps. There's only two volcanic islands. There's four actual dual lands and five lands that are not. You can't fetch Grove of the Burn Willows and you can't fetch Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Those lands are essentially not uh, turn one accessible. Right, exactly. So I think shave two to three fetches for for two to three more dual lands. I just go fucking balls out. Fuck it. Three traps, three Valks, get rid of the wasteland. Um, it may fix our mana problems. It may as much as it is as nice as it is to have the wasteland, you may be right. It may just be too difficult to uh, really run that colorless source. <laughs> and then fuck it. If, you know, if if you if you come across Tabernacle or Maze of Earth or some land that's fucking you up, why don't you like what the hell does Sulfur Elemental even do? Let me <laughs> let me see this here. Flash split second. White creatures get plus one minus one. All right, so you're stopping Thalia from taxing your punishing fire, I guess, right? So that's uh, lingering souls is the primary target for that guy. You know, Jeez, uh, who's I don't know anybody playing that. Yeah, whenever I see lingering souls, I see it the flashback. Of all yeah, the I think the sulfur elemental is much better in modern than it is in legacy. I'm not the biggest fan of it in sideboards because so you're so also you, what what white creatures are you afraid of that have one toughness that you can just punishing fire away? So is there something that you could get away with where maybe uh, remove sulfur elemental and put in stone rain? With stone rain? <laughs> well, you're, you're losing wasteland. If you're really worried about a utility land, why don't you just, just some... replace it with a wasteland in the sideboard? The light bulb goes off. <laughs> I'd rather see something you cascade into anyway. You're only going to cast Fulmin- Fulminator Mage. Ah, Fulminator Mage would be working. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything that's. Uh, like I think, I mean, you, you, it, it looks like you, you kind of already accept that you're weak to a bad moon. You know, you, like well, if you're gonna be weak to, yeah, I mean, yeah, you 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 weak to a bad moon because <laughs> 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 that could just run you over. Those fucking those hypnotic specters really get in there. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it looks like you kind of already accept that you're weak to a blood moon. So like. Um, I just fucking replace for duels the wastelands. Yeah, cut the two wastelands, add two duels. I like that. Let's. I, I wonder. I wonder. Let's. Let's say. Oops. No. Let's. Let's fucking think here. Um. Nope. Ready to start. What if the birds of paradise, but cleaning up the mana base a little bit. Yeah. So it skips the birds, but leaves the coiling oracle. Yeah. Just look at the draw the card. Yeah. Wow. That. All right. This is not keeping. Uh. 
seven cards, no land. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that suggestion actually didn't solve that problem. Uh, luck of the draw, luck of the draw. Let's get the next hand. Let's shuffle and draw seven. Draw cards. Uh, Shardless Agent, Punishing Fire, Misty, Forest, Shardless Agent, Scalding Time, Shardless Agent. Oh, we're in business. <laughs> oh my god, you, <laughs> that is really what looking for. <laughs> you get fucking triple Shardless in your opening seven. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Let's just, I just want to see one of the top three cards to cascade into. Yeah. Uh, Snapcaster Mage, Misty, and Bloodbraid Elf. So then you'd actually cascade past that to a Grove That's and a Tarmogoyf. Or it could just be a Sylvan Library. Because oh, we're yeah. the, uh, Snapcasters for Sylvan Library. So. I'm, I'm telling you, Sylvan Library is so fucking good when yeah. you're cascading. Especially there is... at, like, you set up your next two uh, Shardless Agents. Yeah, well, the thing is, is the thing with Sylvan Library is you put the cards back. So, like, sometimes it's worth it you put the Wasteland back on top of the deck Ancestral Visions after that. You're going to Cascade past the Wasteland, put that at the bottom, pop the fucking Ancestral Visions, draw the next three cards. Like, Sylvan Library is so much better. Like, yeah, I, Sylvan I just love it so much better than top. With Cascade. <laughs> yeah, even if, like, well, I don't really want to Cascade into this. Let me see if I just pay the eight life and fucking broad gamble it. Oh, my God. And then, like, worst-case scenario, you reveal two extra lands off the top of the deck, and there's nothing to cascade into. It, you're no worse off than you were if you didn't have a Sylvan Library in play. No, you just got rid of your next two turns that were dead anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucking good. So, and, like, when you, when, you, when you actually get to, like, from Shardless Bug, when you, because I always fucking love this, when you get to five lands and you cascade into a JIT, cast it, and equip it, you're so fucking far ahead of some decks. Yeah. <laughs> some decks can't handle that shit. <laughs> Definitely. Um, like Burn. <laughs> yeah, actually, Jit probably gives you a huge leg up against Burn. Jit's fucking... Jit's good. Jit's good. I mean, it, it, like, it's only certain combo decks that it's fucking terrible against, but that's... I mean, Shardless Bug, you get the advantage of hand disruption anyway. But I, I mean, the cute thing about playing red is that some of the combo decks, when they're resourcing off their life total, mm. like Ed Nauseam, yeah. they got to stop playing around Lightning Bolt, and sometimes they're not sure how many they got to play against. Right. And also, the thing with always Jit is its worst matchup is the deck's worst matchup anyways. So the fact that always Jit is bad in that matchup doesn't matter because you're probably losing that matchup regardless of what's in that slot. I think this is probably... Weaker to other JIT decks. You think like, so? Like, uh, uh, JIT on a true name nemesis. It, yeah, it is one the one way they can keep up with your your value if they can use JIT as free removal the same way that you can use punishing fire. I know yeah. I know Joel mentioned he was worried about true name nemesis because it is true it true name nemesis is a big problem for this deck because it has no way to remove it. Uh, but I think True Name Nemesis is really on the decline in the meta right now. I don't see them around nearly as often as I used to. No, so. that price has dropped a little bit, but it's still... It's, it's still, still around. It's still a good and powerful play, and, like, the thing is, is... I know you're talking about macro shit, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, macro shit, cool and all, like, I, I yeah, try to man, think of, like, what is... Shit. Like, what is it... Yeah, macrame. Uh, you know, I try to think about, like, what is it that I like to play, and what is it that I'm typically playing against? You know, like, I don't... Um, and mostly it's mostly it's about what is it that I enjoy playing. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, good. And, and and I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm never one to, like... You know, and, and it's weird, because sometimes, you know, somebody will ask me a question, I kind of... I kind of have a challenge because really my thing is always play play what you enjoy. You know, like this isn't. I'm not. Uh, I mean, fuck, dude. I play ten fins. It's not because the deck crushes people. 
<laughs> really? Is it? <laughs> there are some times where it just does fucking like stomp fucking mud holes and stuff, but it's <laughs> it's just it's just completely fucking absurd. Yeah. I actually it was funny because when I was playing against uh you know Brent a couple weeks ago. I was, I'm comboing out, and he's like, that, that deck takes so long to win. Because <laughs> he's waiting for me to, like, I had to come all therapy, Emrakul, out of my own hand to get my deck back and shit. He's like, this is taking forever. Oh, man. But it's it's not like, uh... Yeah, well, some decks. I am glad you brought that up, because, yes, I can definitely say if this deck has absolutely nothing else going for it, which it definitely does, it has plenty of things going for it, but at the end of the day, this deck looks like a really fun deck to play. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see. You know what? Let me see if I can fucking do this real quick. If I go into Google, uh, MTG Waterfalls. I'm a little curious to see um, Waterfalls Rug Cascade on the source. Hmm. I knew there was a fucking thing for it. Um, I'm going to put this link up in the show notes, too. Yeah, Bloodbraid Elf, Shardless Agent, and Sexual Visions. Oh my god, they really were. Wow. Oh my god, that was fucking greedy. What? Oh. Give me the link. Give me the okay, link. Give me yeah, the link. yeah. Here you go. Here you go. This looks fucking better. Sorry, <laughs> I don't. Can, can, I don't mean to. I don't mean to put it like that. I'm not trying to fucking knock anything, but can, this can, this this looks more like what Brad used to play. Can we uh can we get a yeah a remastered version of Biggie Smalls? Give me the loot and just change it to give me the link and we can put it on a soundboard. I think that would be a good idea. I don't know if I could actually get Biggie to record the word Link. <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't know if you really have seen Audacity lately, but I ain't that fucking good, bro. Just give Biggie a call. I'm sure he'll do us a favor. <laughs> do me a solid. Do me a solid, Biggie. <laughs> need you to record this clip. Um, <laughs> Shoot me the link. It's in the fucking chat. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, pictures and everything. Yeah, this is on the source. This so, four Deathrite, four Tarmogoy, four Shardless, three Bloodbraid, three... Ah, oh, this is Bug. No, this is Waterfalls. Oh, this it's... This is Cascade. Four it's color... Blood Bra- yeah, Bloodbraid Elf. Four color... Yeah, it's four color Cascade. Deathrite Shaman fixes your color problem. Oh, it's greedy. It's greedy as all hell. Well, so is the other one. It's just, it doesn't... And, and the thing is, is Waterfalls didn't play Punishing Fire. I like Troll's version better. Joel's version has more utility. This one's just very, you know, straight through. We're going to cascade and then cascade some more. Yeah, I, but look at, look at what it's cascading into. Yeah, if it can cast it. <laughs> it if it just, can cast the cascade, it's got four Deathrite Shamans. Ah, three Wastelands. It is running 23 lands. The Wastelands are extra. Mm, I don't know. I don't like the four-color version as much. It... it does less somehow, even though it's running extra colors. It's running a mana fixer. And abrupt decay. It's also running as a charm too, though, so there's that. Yeah. It's it's good. It's you know what? I, I am I am gonna put this fucking link up in the show notes anyway. Yeah, let's have our viewers chime in. Let's 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 see what they want, uh what their preference is. Yeah. Alright, so I guess I guess Jerry and it's kind of too bad it kind of tainted my view now by looking at the waterfalls list. Um, what's what's 
what's your impression of Joel's deck? Of, of uh, the deck submitted? Which, which deck of this? What's your impression of this deck? I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> I like the deck. It looks a ton of a ton of fun to play. I probably would not want to run it going blind into a tournament, say like an SCG or a GP, because sure. I think there's just too much of a chance for you to get stomped by a combo deck. Well, you want to figure it out first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Grand, even even having um, experience with the deck, I would not want to be versing a heavy combo field with this. Um, you know, it doesn't really have great game against any combo deck. You know, Reanimator, Dredge, uh, Sneak and Show, Elves. Uh, Elves is probably its best combo matchup, so even if Elves is really popular, this deck will do well against Elves. Um, but in a more traditional combo of, you know, blue-based combo decks, um, I don't think this deck can, uh, you know, handle that type of meta. Granted, if it's primarily Elves and Delver decks, I think this deck would do really well, and I would feel very comfortable running it in, in a meta where I knew what I was going to face, and what I was going to face would be Delver decks and Elf decks. And my impression, uh, I can really only keep, compare this to what I'm familiar with, is the Shardless Bug. And I like the Coiling Oracle, I'm um, still not a fan of Dig Through Time. I'd probably replace a Dig Through Time for a Force of Will. Um, I'd replace the other Dig Through Time for a Sylvan Library. Uh, Snapcaster Mages. Um, I'd want to replace them maybe with Death Rites, just two Death Rites even. Uh, the, and then the two Wastelands, I could even feel like I could replace those with two more Death Rites. You could even just replace the two Snapcaster Mages with two more lands. Uh, I'd probably rather replace the Snapcaster Mages and the Wastelands for Death Rites. How are you going to cast the death rates in the first place, though? You only... Well, yeah, maybe not off a of volcanic island. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what but I'm saying. But you got, like, there's so many fetches. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were saying the wastelands for we're... two more lands. All right, I... Snapcaster Mage. Ah, oh, jeez. I like cutting the snap, the two Snapcasters. I like cutting a Snapcaster for a Sylvan, the other Snapcaster for another Tropical, and then cutting one Dig Through Time for the fourth Force of Well. And then maybe cutting the wastelands for you know another vol- another tropical and another volcanic. Yeah. Um, but I also could also see um, cutting the two waste uh, cutting one wasteland for one more tropical because I think two more lands would be just what that deck needs to smooth out its mana problems. And uh, you know I mean you know sideboards being meta specific I'd probably if if the fear is like true name nemesis. I was I was thinking about this. I don't know what this deck could even put in its sideboard for True Name Nemesis. I still think Blue Elemental Blast and Red Elemental Blast. You know what? Just try and counter it on the on when it comes down. Well, you're gonna need help with Show and Tell decks anyway. What I was saying is, if you can if you can limit them to just a True Name Nemesis, you're probably doing fine. It's you're right. It gets scary when that True Name Nemesis picks up a Batter Skull or picks up a Jet. All right, and he's got Ancient Grudge in the sideboard. Yeah, and I, I would, I would like, uh, you know, upping. Oh, he's actually running two Ancient Grudge, one Crossing Grip, so he actually has pretty good artifact hate as is. So, I think the True Name Nemesis isn't as big of a deal because if he can deal with the equipment, he can outrace the True Name itself. Because if he's dropping Bloodbraid Elves and Tarmogoyfs, he's going to need to be keeping the uh, True Name Nemesis back on the defense to block. Yeah, I suppose. Because you're going to be killing all of his other creatures with your lightning bolts and punishing fires. 
So I'm okay with them not having an answer specifically to true name, so long as you prevent that true name from turning into an absolute monster by picking up a sword or a jet. Mm. Yeah, it's too bad there's really no access to a board sweeper. But and you know, the, the other thing that's the other thing that looks awkward to me, and, and not in his deck, but you know, after looking at this waterfalls list too, the thing that looks awkward to me is like, you know, I never played waterfalls. Um, I, I'm curious how often you actually ended up like cascading off Bloodbraid Elf into a Toxic Deluge. I'm like, oh, fuck. Or, <laughs> I remember talking to people and they were saying there was actually some times when they would cascade and uh, hit Abrupt Decay and just not have a target for it. If yes, they, you just don't cast it. Yeah, you just so that's that's also not the best situation either that this deck uh, avoids because even if you cascade into a lightning bolt, you can always point that lightning bolt to the face. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Oh my god, I'd much like if I I really. Ah, it's just lightning bolt. Oh, I can't really. Man, you got me like fucking. It's the best removal. Since day one of the game. Yep. Lightning bolts and swords to plowshares, premium removal. Mm, yeah, I mean, there is, and I'm, I've been thinking of a different way to play a Shardless Agent myself lately. I, I, I mean, part of my thing is, like, I, I, have a, I do have a personal challenge playing red. <laughs> Did I ever tell you um, my first experience with Shardless Agent, and when I first brewed a deck with Shardless Agent? <laughs> yeah. So when I first brewed a Shardless Agent deck... Uh, I did not apparently read the card or did not understand how Shardless Agent worked, so I proceeded to make an Aether Vile deck where I would Aether Vile out a Shardless Agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't work because Cascade only happens when you cast the card. So if you Vile out a Shardless Agent, you get a 2-2 with no abilities. <laughs> did I ever tell you about the first time my opponent realized that when I show and tell an Omniscience, I can just actually cast Emrakul? And take the extra turn. Yes, yes. <laughs> because you are casting it, not Aether Vial. If you get Aether Vial up to 15 and put Emrakul into play, you are not taking an extra turn. <laughs> and for anybody curious, just in case anybody's curious, uh, I mentioned this card earlier, Sheldock Isle. Now, if you actually uh, Sheldock Isle and stick Emrakul underneath it, Sheldock Isle has Hideaway. And for one blue, you can tap it, and you may play the removed card without paying its mana cost. If it, uh, which means you actually cast Emrakul for you one blue and take the extra turn. Actually cast it. So it gets around uh, Containment Priest. It does. It does get around Containment Priest. Um, I like that entire cycle of lands, because there was one for uh, each color. The white one was, I think it was if you control... Is it enough creatures, or is it... Yeah, like, it's like four creatures, because it goes to black-white tokens. Yeah, if you control four or more creatures, you can play it for one white. Um, the green one is if you control creatures with power 20 or more, or something like that, or 10 or more. Mm. Um, but yeah, that cycle was pretty cool. And yeah, it's just... it's uh, Shell Dark Isle just is... If you have 20... It's the most absurd. 20 cards or less in your in your deck... Yeah. Which combo's great with Doomsday, because it exiles your deck. Hey, why you gotta give my fucking tech away, buddy? Yeah, uh, yeah, I gave away your tech of an established deck. <laughs> an established deck? Uh, Doom, Doomsday's established. Doomsday's been around for years, it's just no one plays it. Yeah, well, okay. 
Doomsday's actually just that's that sideboard out of ten fins. So. Oh really? <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? Uh, no, I think I did. I, I think I. Like, oh, I was like fifty seventh place in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> the guy fucking Doomsday out of the sideboard. Yeah, I just took out all the. Yeah, that's a nice graph digger's cage. Uh, Doomsday. I seem I seem to remember coming to that realization last week and you getting angry at me for revealing your tech and then. Yeah, that was what was that deck that you? Oh yeah, because I wanted to do a. Uh, Gaius Cradle with with sort of oh uh, that's what it was Shardless Bant yeah which is what the Shardless Agents for yeah Shardless Bant with um uh Thopter Foundry uh Thopter Foundry sort of the make and then Gaius Cradle which is really yeah which is what I'm kind of waiting on Noble Hierarchs but that's really just like sometimes I'll notice when he's playing a deck for fun that's what it looks like Josh has been brewing for a while yeah Josh Josh has played that a lot um he should be getting back from boot camp pretty soon so definitely looking forward to getting him back on the circuit. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh I'm hoping he'll come back and fucking I think play. he will. I think he will. He's a he's a dedicated legacy player. I definitely owe a lot of what I know about the legacy format to Josh. Yeah. Um the rest of these uh Yeah, so you know wishing Joel luck with the deck and uh Yeah, hopefully <laughs> hopefully we weren't too harsh on you Joel, but I do really like the deck. Um, like any deck that's a work in progress, it, it has some, you know, creases to iron out, but definitely good progress. And I think if you know your meta and you wisely choose to play it in a certain meta, I think the deck will do very well for you. Yeah, keep us posted too, because I'm kind of curious what kind of changes you end up making to the deck that you like or find uh, valid. I mean, personally, I, I can't recommend a fucking Sylvan Library and a Cascade deck enough. But... Yeah, I, I definitely agree on the Sylvan Library, but the, the card is it's 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 almost criminally underplayed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, it sounds like Joel is place number one into our scoop in the top eight. Is that where you're going, Jerry? I think so. I All right, think scoop so. in the top eight, and and you're starting off with Joel. Uh yeah, I'm gonna snag him. I'm gonna snag him for the draft pick before uh, before you get him. All right. Uh, anybody else you want to scoop in a top eight? Uh, I mean, I need I need to buy some time. So how about how about you tell me yours? <laughs> sure, I'm gonna, uh, I got a I got a scoop in top eight. Uh, three people in in the intro that I'm putting together anyway. So I want to scoop in a top eight: John Medina and uh, Frankie Rashad and John Celso. Very nice. Oh, I also realized I want to scoop in the top eight my tax man, uh, who managed to write off uh, card purchases to write off my. Uh, Earnings I got from SCG, so I don't have to pay a whole bunch of taxes. <laughs> ah, well, and now you get audited. Yep. I, I, I hope you're able to claim rent. <laughs> did you actually fucking claim rent on your taxes? No, I did not claim uh, rent on my taxes. At least you didn't fucking go that way. <laughs> I did trade cards, though. <laughs> I claimed them. <laughs> They're an expense. Uh, well, you know what the nice thing is about paying rent? What's the nice thing about paying rent, Adrian? You get to learn how to be responsible. For <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you get to be like fucking independent, grown up. And I am a grown ass man. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I am a grown ass man. <laughs> Don't make me come down there, boy. Let me teach your mommy cookie dinner. <laughs> I just fuck. My mother is a great cook. I. What is she? Uh, she's like, Italian. 
Is she is she like full Italian? Oh yeah, full Italian. So lots of lasagna, lasagna in my childhood. Fuck, oh, I bet she makes fucking great lasagna. Oh yeah, she. Uh, we have a. Is it like meat lasagna? We have a tomato patch in our backyard that we okay. grow the own tomatoes, and she makes the pasta sauce by scratch. It is oh, quality shit. quality lasagna. Let's let's scoop in Italian women. Italian women, okay, I'm down with that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what else? Anybody else you want to scoop in the top eight? Uh, I think we're good. Uh, you know, next week is going to be modern, so not going to be able to play any Legacy next week either. But why? Come crash here on fucking Saturday night. Crash here Saturday night. We'll go play in Connecticut on Sunday. Ah, uh, but I have plans. Such a fucking I know. You need to book me like a week ahead of time. Have your people so, call my what, people. What are your plans? I have to go to a co-worker's birthday party Saturday. Wow. You're welcome to come. You want to come clubbing in Boston, Adrian? Is it a she? Uh, Yes. And does she do, like, trading? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have an amazing story, actually, to tell from this weekend that I can't believe I almost forgot. All right. Uh, I was at a party this weekend, and in comes uh, the love of my life. She comes in, takes a bottle of bourbon out of her purse, drinks the, from the bottle of bourbon, and then from her purse proceeds to take four magic decks, lays them on the table, and starts playing it with her three friends. <laughs> and this is like this isn't even like a nerd party. This was like a birthday party. There was an ice luge. There's probably like fifty people at this house party, regular rager, and they're playing magic in the corner. And I'm just like, what surreal dream world am I in right now? Where there's four like, girls playing magic in the corner while the rest of like the the party is raging around them and they don't even notice. And did I mean like what did you guys used to date in the past or something? No, I've never met this girl before in my life. This was a oh, brand new oh, person oh, who oh, just came you, in. This oh, is totally you were saying she was the love of your life. I'm like, uh, I was love at first sight, Adrian. Love at okay, first sight. Okay, all right. Oh, so four <laughs> girls just sit down and start breaking out magic. Did you walk over and start being like? Oh yeah, I started playing with them. I was talking to them. Ah, oh, amazing. But unfortunately, they were from Seattle. Oh, that, well, that's cute. Wow, and they were out fucking at a party in Boston. Yeah. Did you show him your Italian shit? Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that was going a different direction. <laughs> Italian stallion. <laughs> Jeez, that's not, no, that wasn't where I was going. I was trying, I was trying to, I was trying to see if you impressed them with your collection. <laughs> no. And they were like, oh, you have a mighty fine legacy collection. You must not pay rent. <laughs> You, you live at your mom's house. Oh, my God. Recent the college four, grad. The, 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 the four college of, grad. With the four of them going like, oh, the four of us would love to go back to your place with uh, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, man. <laughs> so so I went down to Wonderland. <laughs> and we have come full circle. <laughs> so I went down to Wonderland Comics, and there's a couple of guys at the counter, and they're checking whatever they're, you know, they got box numbers at these comic stores where they pick up their comics, I guess, you know. Whenever the comics are released, these guys, we always oh, put this one in my box, whatever. So these guys are getting their comics. One kid's got like $168 in comic books, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's got like some special edition, I don't fucking know. So he's like, oh, I can't do all that. Um,. I, I'm gonna have to take a few of these off, and he's trying to figure out how much to take off. And he says, "So, <laughs> so I thought he'd cherry." So, and 
he's like, yeah, I can't do all that. I'm going to have to take some of those off. How much if we take this one off and this one off? And he's like, yeah, i got to pay rent. I'm like, oh, you pay rent? <laughs> I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> and so he tells me, and I'm like, oh, good for you. And I'm like, I'm like well, I just found out one of my buddies is I'm going to bust his balls all the time now. <laughs> Good, thanks, Adrian. I'm glad you're looking for that uh, that uh, opportunity wherever you turn. All right, sick. Um, anyway, yeah, it's getting late. I think I know. I know. <laughs> I gotta get to late. fucking. I gotta get to work in the morning. But uh, so I'm fucking scooping in uh, Joel underscore B84 anyway at at Joel underscore B84 on Twitter and um, and everybody else mentioned. And in the meantime, oh, we're gonna fucking sign this out. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, everyone. Yeah, the song
microphone Sultans, we are the Sultans.